Welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Abby. And I'm Amy, and we're pastors at Bethlehem Lutheran Church. This podcast is about the middle space in between Sundays. It's the place where we take our values, our faith, and our commitments into our everyday lives. Hi, Amy. Hey, Abby. How are you doing? I am doing okay. I survived Halloween. (laughs) Which means you also survived October. I survived. Exactly. Yeah. Our listeners might not know that October is a really big month in my house. Four out of six of my family members have October birthdays. And that's just a big deal. We eat a lot of cake. We try to make sure everyone feels special with gathering of friends and family and some of their favorite things. And it turns out as a parent, a lot of that is my responsibility to bring on the special, to make it happen. So October is pretty exhausting. Yeah. It's a wonderful gift, but yeah, it is also exhausting. It was a wonderful gift when I was a kid. And now looking (laughs) back, realize it was a gift my parents gave me that I gratefully received, but did not always think about where it came from. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I say I survived October because we had all the birthdays and then we cap it off with Halloween. And I think it's funny. We think about Halloween often as a kid's holiday. People who have kids, what are, what's your kid going to dress up as and all of that. But I also think about this year, especially, it has made me think about how wonderful it is to have these special celebrations and how discombobulating it is to have special celebrations that upend our usual routines. So I was talking with another parent just today, and we're recording this a couple of days after Halloween. And she said, yep, she's anticipating yet another meltdown tonight after the festivities. And it's really not just kids. We all maybe stayed up later than usual, ate things we didn't usually eat or more of things than we would usually eat. How many of us generally take walks around our neighborhood in the dark even when it is cold and wet and rainy. And it takes a little while to get back on track after that. And so it's just got me thinking, maybe because we've been doing so much planning here at church for the upcoming holidays of Advent and Christmas, and we know that Thanksgiving is thrown in the mix, that we have an awful lot of times where our routines are going to be upended over the next few months. So I just thought, how do we respond? What do we do with that? Wondered if we could talk about that a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think this is a season we're entering into a season where where routines or we might also call them annually traditions. Traditions are just another kind of an annual form of a routine where there's a lot of traditions and a lot of routines that are part of the practices and when those I know I can think of times in my life where I haven't been able to live into those routines or those traditions or observe them at the holidays, there's a lot of, there's just grief associated with that. There's a sense of emptiness or a sense of like space that needs to be filled or space that is accounted, that is usually accounted for that is just suddenly empty. And it's, it is discombobulating when that happens. And it's a little dis, it's disorienting. I think that's the word I would use. It's really disorienting when that happens. Cause you know, you've got this pattern and it just, it falls apart. 
So what That's do you do? Because like, I think you just flipped it. I wasn't thinking about it in those terms. I was thinking very much of we have our routines of school and work and bedtimes and those kind of patterns. And when it's time for celebrations or even honoring annual traditions, like you just talked about, it upends those daily routines And that is what's disorienting to me is I can maybe stay up late one night, but I can't do it a bunch of nights in a row. I can do something special uh, once in a great while, but this feels like a season where the special just keeps coming. Mm -hmm. And so I'm looking for my footing, but you just flipped it to what happens when we can't participate in traditions that have become predictable at certain times of the year. So I think they're two different questions. And for me, I find myself yearning to get back to normal as it's like going on vacation. Vacation is super awesome at the beginning, but there is a point at which you're like, I just want to sleep in my own bed. Yeah. I just want to get back to what is familiar. And I think that same feeling arises when traditions get interrupted it's it's an emptiness it's a space where something should have been and it's still that same desire i just want to get back to what feels comfortable so i think there's there's a grief involved in that one whereas the kind of disruption i was thinking of is is less grief and more exhaustion mm-hmm. <laughs> is more of how do our routines actually sustain us One of the things that makes special so exhausting is it's a million tiny details that I am normally spared from having to think about. Our listeners might not know that I have basically had the same thing for breakfast for nine and a half years. It is a smoothie and it's delicious. It also means I never have to think about what I'm having for breakfast. I just have to make sure that I have the four ingredients for this smoothie in my house. And the decision fatigue that it frees me from to eat the same thing for breakfast every morning cannot be underestimated when time and energy is limited. And so a lot of these special things demand more of me, right? It takes energy to do that, which that, which is special, but I think grief can impact us in the same way or not being able to participate in what we would want to, because it takes energy to figure out something different or to sit yeah. with the space created by the absence yeah. of what we would like to be doing or yeah. who we'd like to be with. Yeah. I'm just thinking about your uh, same breakfast. I don't have that, but I do at some point during the pandemic, when we were worshiping only through the live stream, we didn't really, we didn't have anyone present in our worshiping space I got into the habit of wearing the same thing to church every Sunday because there was no one who was going to see me. And it is a habit that I have continued post pandemic, not exactly, but like I have a pair of pants and I have my, my usual black shirt. And then I throw on some kind of sweater or jacket over it, but that has become my Sunday morning uniform so that on Sunday mornings, I don't have to think because it's that same thing. Like I, I want to be able to be present for something else (laughs) and for a community of people and every other decision that I make in some ways, like fills up the space that I want to be able to give 
to the community that I'm called to serve. And so I just, I was thinking of that as you were talking about your daily breakfast. But I think too, I think there's a play here between routine and I think what you were talking about in terms of how routine helps sometimes to give space for special to happen. Mm -hmm. And maybe when special is happening and it doesn't necessarily feel special, which is also sometimes the case, I think, around the holidays because of whatever else is going on, routine can also be a way to navigate kind of that that uncertainty that specialness also upends in us. Yeah, I I think I've been thinking about how do we make sure that our routines serve us? And I think the same can be applied to tradition. How do we think as we enter the next couple months of an awful lot of expectation, a lot of weight of tradition, how are we asking which ones are serving us well? And and create space for those, prioritize those. I think about a woman named Priya Parker who has written about the art of gathering. That's actually, I think, the title of her book, The Art of Gathering, really about being intentional about gatherings, uh, being intentional about their purpose and communicating their purpose and making decisions uh, to honor to honor that purpose. And that some real meaningful sense of connection can come out of that. And I think about that's a lot of the work you and I have been doing lately as we approach this season in the life of the church is thinking about how do we gather in a Sunday, we'll celebrate all the saints. So those who have died, not just in the past year, but those who have lived and died in the faith before us will enter the Advent season with a lot of ways to think about God's time entering human time and that interplay between God's time and human time. We will observe the longest night, which our listeners will have a chance to hear more about later in the season, but the longest night of the year, the longest night of darkness, creating some space for those who carry and carry grief and live in more darkness than we would like, who long to see that light. And then, of course, our celebration of Christmas and all that goes with it. That's the the piece that I have really been thinking about as we have a chance every year to engage in the traditions that are really serving us well and creating some space for us to to celebrate who we are and whose we are, you know, how we belong to God in every moment of our days and creating some space to dwell in that assurance and that gift. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering, as we think about this, do you have a tradition or a ritual or a routine around the coming holidays that you really have come to rely on as something that is grounding for you? No, my routine and ritual at this particular stage of my life is called survival. And I say that mostly flippantly, (laughs) but somewhat seriously. I I think that's why the question is so important. Anyone who's lived with kids know that you do something once or twice and it has become tradition. I, at this stage, really try to take the lead from my kids on what are the things that they have remembered and what Mm. are the things important to them to do because that becomes a way for me to ensure that these rituals are serving us well. 
and when we can't honor them in the way that they have envisioned to create space to talk about that and to grieve that together or reimagine it together. Because I think it's actually in that work of engaging with traditions because traditions and rituals can sneak up on us. Things can become part of our expectations unintentionally. And those conversations just give us a chance to make it a little more intentional. So I'm not sure that quite answered your question, but but that's where I am with it. Yeah. But I like, I think, I think the way you answer the question though, I think about the rituals that I have or the patterns that I try to find myself in at this time. I think it's actually really similar as I think about past years or past experiences. What is it about those experiences that I remember or that, that lives in my memory in some way? And how do I create space for that? And in the places where that can't happen, how do I also create space to talk about what are the feelings that relate to not being able to do that? I think that's at the heart of this. Yeah. And I think for me, that is the heart of, that's really at the heart of our faith. Yeah. The core of our faith and the core message of Christmas that we will celebrate, actually, it probably feels really long to a lot of people, really far away, but it feels really close to me. We are down to less than two months. And the core message of Christmas is a God who loved us so much that he came and lived among us. And so how we love the people that we walk this earth with is about the Christmas message. And it's not about making things perfect or doing things just right. It's it's about relationship. It's about seeing one another. It's about fostering a sense of you belong here and you are loved. And we have a lot of opportunities every minute of every day to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And so important right now, especially in this world that we live in, that we keep finding opportunities to remind the people around us, the ones that we know, the ones that we interact with, that we don't know, that they matter and that their presence is important. Absolutely. So listeners, I hope you know that you matter and that you are loved. And what are the things that are on your mind? Because we are really curious to know please feel free to send us an email, reach out. We'd love to hear from you and maybe share some of those conversations here on this podcast in the future. Thanks, Abby. Thanks, Amy. Wherever this week takes you. We hope our conversation has given you something to sustain you between Sundays. Subscribe to Between Sundays wherever you listen to podcasts.